Lord hungry. And the Lord is hungry for people to to uh, evangelize. And we used uh, several stories, but we, we especially used the story of the woman at the well. That while the disciples were trying to figure out why Jesus would ever stop and talk to this woman and they were arguing over whether it was appropriate or not, that lady was in her city telling them, you've never met someone like this. And the Bible records that that entire city came out to hear the master. And it was simply just a setup for tonight. We are so thankful to have Brother Bill Hobson here and his family, uh, Sister uh, Hobson, that's what I call her because, you know, that's just what I've always called her. So it's Sister Hobson. She has a first name. I'm just not really sure what it is. And because uh, when you grow up with my parents, you were not allowed to call adults by their first name. So it's either brother or sister. And so we have Sister Hobson here. But we're also glad to have uh, their daughter, uh, not Sydney, Sheridan would be her name, and their son Spencer, and we want uh, to welcome them to the Lighthouse. Brother Hobson is our General Secretary of the North American Missions, which is tasked with the the uh, furthering of the gospel here in North America, whether it's starting a home missions churches or whether it's encouraging churches to, to plant other churches, what we call daughter works, in areas that don't have a church. He was here, uh, he's been with us before, he has helped kick off our uh, Christmas for Christ offerings around the December time, but he'll tell you more about it. But they, uh, the the North American Missions Department, has put together some very systematic teaching on evangelism and making disciples. And uh, we wish he could come and just teach it all for like you know a month or two. But we were able to ask him to be here and kick it off, and then we will follow up next Wednesday and probably the Wednesday after that and continue the teaching, the same subject. But we want you to come, Brother Hobson, take your liberty, and we're looking forward to the teaching of God. Amen. It is such a delight and a privilege to be here with you and to uh, get to worship with you today and have my family here, of course, to be with Brother uh, Pastor Buford and his great family and uh, all the wonderful people that I see and know. And, of course, Brother and Sister Buford from headquarters, they just do an outstanding job in what they do. And, uh, you know, it is good to see Brother Farino, too. And I, I love Brother Farino very, very much. Of course, he served uh, in uh, as promotional director and, and as North American Mission Secretary for a time. I, mean, I think he just kind of ran the place. And But uh, uh, we appreciate Brother Farino. He's probably a man that's forgot more than I know. But uh, it is good to see him tonight. And of course, uh, just it's a delight to be here. Um, we, we did. We uh, Brother Buford was talking about this just a little bit as far as Equip 240. It was equipping for 240 minutes. But we're not going to go 200 140 minutes tonight. And uh, in fact, I'm going to be very cognizant of your time and very aware of that. And uh, But uh, the objective sin sincerely is to try to assist and to help uh, with us being systematic in our approaches as to evangelism and reaching the lost. Uh, this material is a combination of about 12 different church planners who came together. And uh, we had each one of them develop lessons. And then we combined the lessons and uh, really 
really peeled off uh, anything uh, that wasn't necessary, but we were able to really kind of put the curriculum together of 12 people. So when I'm teaching to you, uh, it's not just me teaching, but uh, it's material that is combined by many. And uh, I just to give you a little understanding, uh, even of myself, and I had the privilege of being in Orlando, Florida for 12 years, and uh, we uh, went to Orlando. We did not start that church particularly. There was about, I think, 23 people voted on us, and we had a tremendous revival in the first month, three months. We lost 20 people, and uh, uh, it, it was just an outstanding revival. And, uh, you know, it, it was really because it was needed. There were some things in sin that God kind of removed from there. And uh, it was a, a tremendous time. We got to experience uh, some tremendous growth while we were there. Uh, we also had tremendous heartache because Orlando is very transient. Uh, we kept accurate records, and we had 276 people move out of our church in 12 years uh, just because it's a place where people want to, they think they want to live there in Orlando, and then they get there they don't have family and they leave and so uh, uh, you know but it was a great honor to be there until we we felt Lord speak to us to come to St. Louis but that just gives you a little history of behind what I'm going to be teaching about because I, I really believe that it, it is really the purpose of the church and that is to what what Christ's purpose is is to seek and to save that which is lost and uh, I, I, I do understand that during probably our season of greatest growth in Orlando was the season that uh, I was teaching 10 Bible studies, but it was just it was just a, a, a process watching what the Lord was doing. And then as other people began to catch on, and as they began to teach, and they began to uh, expound on the Word of God, and, and really began to take what the purpose of the church is, because I believe it is. The purpose of the church really is to carry out this great mission that Christ left for us to accomplish. Really in Acts 1, Luke tells us of the last days of Jesus on the earth before his ascension and he gave his disciples this undisputable proof that he is alive, that he's spending time with them and sharing and teaching and then at that time the disciples, they were still thinking he was going to set up an earthly kingdom and uh, they're concerned but and still did not fully get it. The disciples did not understand that this was a heavenly kingdom. This was something that uh, Christ was here to do. Acts 1, let's, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 6 through 8 it says this when they and I believe we have this on the powerpoint do we not I think maybe not maybe not uh, and when they therefore were come together they asked of him saying Lord wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel and he said unto them it is not for you to know the time or the season which the father hath put in his own power but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. I believe emphatically that every one of us as believers are called for the distinct purpose to be very systematic in our approach as a collective body of Christ has been called. But not only have we been called, but we have been equipped with the power to fulfill the great mission that God has given to us. 
Can I just be real to you today and just to simply say that, that really the truth is church growth experts tell us and church uh, uh, experts tell us that many churches after a period of a really about, I guess it's somewhere between 12 and 15 years, they begin to kind of plateau and they cease to be evangelistic in their approach. Why? Because when we are saved, we are thankful for what God has done, but somehow in our processes we begin to be more concerned about our own lives and our own living for God than we are with really doing something else for somebody else. And I'm thankful. How many are thankful for what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary? I'm thankful for the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives. I'm, how many are thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Are you thankful for the great presence of God that we feel on a regular basis? But the reality is that we are living in a society that is not a God-centered society. In fact, it is more now than ever people, children are coming to Sunday school not knowing the basic Bible stories because, can I tell you, it's a big newsflash. We no longer live in a Christian nation. We live in a godless nation, and in fact, in many ways, and if you look at the laws that have been created over the last several years and all the things that are happening, and I believe that we are in a space of time that God has given us. I don't believe it's a permanent amount of time. I believe we are in a space of time that God has given us as the church to activate and reach the lost, because I do believe that the, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive. I believe believe there's things that are happening in our world and it is absolutely essential that we become involved with the work of Christ. What is the work of Christ? It is evangelism. It's every individual believer being a part of the collective body of Christ, being called and equipped to advance that kingdom of God, to evangelize the earth with the gospel. That word evangelism comes from the Greek word which literally means to preach the gospel. What is evangelism? It's preaching the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And really the very nature of evangelism, we, we try to make it many times in our, our discussions, we make it too complicated. What is evangelism? It is the transmission, really, of uh, it, it is us transmitting knowledge and revelation from one person to another. It is me transmitting what God has done for me into someone else's life. Now, how do we do this? First of all, it's called relationships. We must have relationship. God does not intend for soul winning to be some exclusive club and opportunity where we say, well, we've got this group of soul winners over here. God intended every single one of us to be actively involved in soul winning. And yet it is, it is not just the exclusive privilege. Every born again believer, the Bible said in Acts 1, he gave us power. So my personality is not such. But he gave you power. Well, but I don't really know how. But he gave you power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you to be witnesses. 
If he, oh, we're not talking about some insignificant power. We're talking about power from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But yet, as we consider the key to consistent soul winning, really, it can be summed up in two words. Intention and relationships. Intentional soul winning. In fact, let's talk about that word intention. We only succeed long term in what we undertake with intention. I have to be intentional about things. You know, the truth is tonight, if you're out of debt, you didn't accidentally get there tonight. Wake up one morning, can you believe that I'm out of debt? What happened? Well, I wonder how that happened. I mean, you you don't unintentionally, you no, you make a decision to cut up the credit card, make extra payments. You you make a decision to erase the indebtedness. You know, can I tell you, no one accidentally flies across the country. I don't know how I got there. No, it's an intentional process. You say, you know what, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to get packed. I'm going to get my ticket bought. I'm going to, I mean, you, you make sure that whenever you're going somewhere, you buy a ticket for the right place. Not like a good friend of mine who went to General Conference many years ago and his wife bought his ticket. And uh, he, he uh, got on the plane, flew there, got off in Ontario, California, only to find out that he was supposed to be in Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That is a true story, and that did not happen to me, thank the Lord. But, you know, he just made an intentional decision that since he couldn't get to Toronto, he just had a little mini vacation himself. But uh, uh, in California, it's probably a little warmer that time, time of year anyway. But, but nevertheless, you make an intentional decision to do things. You don't accidentally get there. 2 Corinthians 5.20 defines us as ambassadors for Christ. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto God. An ambassador of a country does not go to that country and put himself into a nice room, a great place to eat, everything's perfect and fine, and say, you know, I'm just going to enjoy my little surroundings here, and and if they want to come see me, they can just come see me. An ambassador, if he moves to another country, he intentionally develops relationships. He intentionally says, I've got to get with this individual of the country. I'm going to have a dinner party so therefore I can meet as many people as possible in this country. Why? Because he wants to have a relationship with the people. Because of his calling, because of our calling to be an ambassador for Christ, each of us, born again believer, must be intentional about developing relationships with, now catch this, lost people. Relationship building must be done with purpose in mind to let our light shine as believers, intentionally and prayerfully approaching opportunities to be a testimony of the Word of God. What am I saying? I'm saying we must be intentional about developing relationships with lost 
people. If I were to ask tonight the number of people that have been in the church more than 10 years, how many friends you have that are lost, and I'm not, please don't think that I'm being condescending or negative for somebody that have been in the church for many years. I thank God I received the Holy Ghost, uh, my goodness, over 40 years ago. You know, I'm not even that old. But I'm, I'm thankful that I got the Holy Ghost all those years ago. But the truth of the matter is, if we're not careful, and really if I were to ask, it might be astonishing how few friends we have that are actually lost. And if I don't have any lost friends, I can't win lost people. You say, well, I don't do what they do. I don't go where they go. I'm not who they are anymore. But yet, when we consider, we, we must understand that in order to reach people, we have to be intentional in developing relationships with lost people. You see, the truth is, you know, I, I recall... Uh, as you know, just a, a well. It, it's it's just been a few years ago. My my wife and I were in Orlando, and and uh, you know we um, uh, we had a daughter. Our daughter was about to go to middle school, and we thought, you know, we we better be careful in the particular middle school that she was going to be sent to. And so we we felt it was important. My wife said, you know what? Financially, the only way we can do this, I'm going to go back and teach. She's a, a certified teacher, so she went back to a public school system and began to teach so we could send our daughter to a private school for a period of time. And, and um, in, in so doing, my wife kind of got in the classroom and began to develop relationships with these, uh, the, these people who were lost. And, and it, was, it, it, it became almost humorous to us that they were they wanted to hang around with us. Because we were so different than they were. Why? Because, well, I'd been pastoring for about, what, eight or nine years. I'd evangelized prior to that. Yes, I had taught Bible studies. Yes, I had done. But as far as intentionally developing relationships with people, we weren't necessarily doing that. And it was humorous. that they would. My wife said, they just invited me out after work for drinks. I said, did you go? She said, no. But then after they began to know her, they still invited her out. They figured out she's a pastor's wife. They, they wanted to go out to... So my wife, not sitting in the bar, okay, but she, my wife would go sit with them at times and, and, and drink her Coke and, and talk to, or excuse me, Dr. Pepper, and, and, and talk to them. But what was amazing was they began to ask over a period of time, hey, um, let, let's, let's meet for dinner. Okay. Now, now what I'm saying, and, and I know it's so elementary, but what I'm talking about is being very intentional in our approach. Well, the first thing I know what some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to be like the world. No, but where did Jesus go? 
Oh, he's the tax collector. We don't want to go. Oh, no, you know what? That's where I want to go, to his house. I, I want to be intentional. Well, it was, it was a, a, a great journey. And I believe if we'd stayed in Orlando, I think we'd have won some of those teachers because that, there was a, a, a tremendous thing that were happening. In fact, one particular Christmas, it was, it was fun. We had a, our, our kids were involved in Christmas program, and we had, what, one or two rows of people show up. And, and it, was, it was so humorous to me because here, as I am the pastor, and they, they said, hey, hey, um, you, you know what, uh, you, um, uh, I know you got to do this stuff, but, but meet us at a restaurant. You want to? After you get done doing all this stuff, meet us at a restaurant. Well, before we could get to the restaurant, they'd run up a $100 bar tab. And that just meant they were really relaxed to hear the gospel. No, I'm just kidding. But, as, as, but they began to look forward and look for opportunity. What am I saying? They knew something was different about us. They asked questions that were intentional because they understood something was different. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's vital and important. If we don't have friends that are lost, we're not going to win the lost. You say, well, I, I don't have time. I have limited time. Well, you know, you don't have to try to have a relationship with everybody. But certainly I think it's important to be intentional enough to have a relationship with enough that are interested. Let, let's talk about this. What, what are some, uh, you know, Jesus said, or, or pro, well, you know, the psalmist said, or Proverbs said this, 1824, he said, he who has friends must show himself, what? Friendly. My wife did not have to say, well, I don't drink. I can't believe you guys are drinking. But it was humorous that you get around those folks and, oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to say that. And you'll hear that occasionally. But yet they will respect who you are. Let's, let's, let's talk about who our relational candidates are. Uh, there are three groups of people who are candidates for rela ev relational evangelism. Let's talk about those. Number one, the candidate would be people that I already know. Who do we know that's lost? Who are we intentionally? You know, I, I uh, you know, I, I don't do it as much anymore it's just hard with my travel schedule it's very difficult to to really hardly even get to know people it seems because of our travel schedule but one of the things I used to do intentionally in Orlando was you know you go to the same restaurants and get to know people at restaurants or coffee shops or or you know get your gas at the same place and instead of paying at the pump go in you say oh that takes way too much time be intentional about opportunities. Go by the, you know, okay, you don't want to go by the donut shop because you're on a diet. Go by the grocery store that has a salad bar then. Talk to the lady that's putting that just, just on a regular basis. Somehow be intentional. Who do we know? Who do I already have related? Then secondly, people who I knew in the past. Who have I known in the past that I had a relationship with? Thirdly, it's people who I'd like to know in the future. 
Let's talk about each of these groups because it's important to develop intentional relationships with each one of these groups. Now, you say, man, I, I, I've got all these people. Well, you know, first of all, let me take some pressure off of your life. I'm not saying you need to go out and develop relationships with hundreds of people. Jesus developed close relationships with 12. Are you better than Jesus? We can be intentional and say, you know, I, I, can't, I can't probably take care of more than 12 people. But what I can do is put people in the pipeline that are interested and I'm not going to spend time with people that are absolutely not interested. Because it's very vital that we spend clear time and our approach is very intentional. Who do we know? Well, each individual should move through really the segmented path. How, how are we getting people to where we want them? Because let, let's just be candid here. Normally when we want somebody to be saved, what's the first thing we do? What's the first thing we do? I want, I want, to, get, I want to get somebody saved. What do we do? You witness to them. But you know what normally we do? We say, i got to get you to church. Right? I mean, we, we'll, I'm going to invite you to church. A godless society doesn't care anything about church. About God, they don't even know. They don't want to know. But what if we were able? Your job is to convince them, persuade them, or to find out if they really want something. You know, in a brief conversation, we can begin to find out more about people. Learning how to talk to people who I don't know. Well, how are you doing, sir? It's good to meet. What's, what's your name? Bob. Bob, I'm Bill. It's nice to meet you, Bob. I'm glad your name is Bob and mine's Bill because it starts with a B. <laughs> and it would be easy to remember. You know, what you do, Bob? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> you know what? How can I do that? Because I want to start doing that. Tell me your secret. You know, you having a good day? Awesome. Man, what, what, made it, what made it awesome? You woke up this morning. You know, as just a, a few conversations, and we're not going to take the time to go all the way through this, but it's learning how to ask open-ended conversational opportunities. As the more questions you begin to ask, you may find somebody say, which a good friend of mine said, I was with him the other day, and we were with somebody, and he just started talk, talking to somebody. It was a person that was serving us. And he's just asking questions, and at first that person wasn't interested at all, just, just kind of polite. He wasn't saying, well, you know, you know who we are. We want you to go to church. No, he said, he just started asking questions. And it wasn't long till that individual began. He said, well, you know, he said, right now, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be moving. Really? Well, how's that going? Well, I don't really know what I'm, I'm not really sure it's the right thing to do. Really? Well, 
and he began to ask a little more because now all of a sudden there's a scenario in his life where he's having conflict and he's not sure. And then he began to see, and, and he said, but you know what I've been doing? He said, I've been praying a little bit about it, is, is what the guy said to him. Now all of a sudden, he, just by that one statement, you know what it told him? It said, they are interested in a spiritual touch. They are open to the Spirit of God. Then he began to move along in the conversation. But see that where we ultimately want to bring people is the question I need to find out. Are they willing to let Jesus Christ change what they care about? Because that's really the next step. Because if I find out somebody really is not, they don't care. They don't want Jesus to change what they care about then I'm going to move on and find somebody else, right? And I'm going to look for somebody else that is hungry. But I, that, that beginning stage of simply saying, well, you know, I, I really, really need to find out where you're at, that initial contact, becoming better acquainted. Ser then, then you kind of move into this avenue and the opportunity of, of serving them. I, we haven't tried it in a long time because we just haven't had time. But I learned how to grill the meanest wings from a couple that we met. And we started going to a wings place until one day, and we were taking our families. And he said, you know, these wings are good, but I make some pretty good wings. I said, well, you need to, you need to come over to my house. He goes, ah, oh, no, nah, just come over to mine. And we began to, to learn how. It was that opportunity to begin to develop relationships and then we had them over and we served them and then we moved into that friendship level and then after that I began to take opportunity to share because eventually life is going to happen to every person and by that I mean life is not easy and they're going to at some point need a testimony and I am there to be able to give them. Then I began to expose them to the gospel of Christ. And it's after that that the inviting them to church is really put into importance. First of all, it's people that I know. People that I currently know, friends, family, co-workers, neighbors, acquaintances. Uh, then, you know, how, how do you reach these people? Well, first of all, you got to pray for them. You say, I don't know anybody to win today. I think it's vital, or they're not interested, or I think it's absolutely vital that we learn to talk to, talk to God about people before we ever talk to people about God. It's the simple moments that we say, what would happen if this congregation tonight simply said, tonight, before you left, God, between now and sundown tomorrow night, I'm asking you, God, to lead me into somebody's life that would be willing 
A, have a spiritual sensitivity and want you. And B, have a desire for you to change what they care about. God, if you'll help me. Some time ago, I would, it's been, I don't know, the last six months or so, I, I was walking through the Atlanta airport, which I do on a regular basis. and Sometimes it's a long walk, you know. But I was kind of griping a little bit under my breath. I was kind of, I was like, God, you know, it's been a long time since I've been able to teach Bible study. And, and, and you know what? You can say, well, that's your fault. Well, it is. You're right. I mean, I, we, our schedule, it's crazy. You know, that's an excuse. But traveling as much as we do, it's difficult to do anything consistent like that. But I'm just kind of griping, okay? I'm, I'm just being real here, okay? Just kind of griping to God a little bit about it. To God, it'd be really, well, you know what? Be careful whenever you start praying like that. Because the next thing I know, I get the little notice, your flight's delayed. <laughs> you got to be, again, third time this week. Oh, I'm hungry. Guess I'll go eat something. Walk into the P.F. Chang's there. It's packed. Lady says, kind of almost rudely, I got one seat. Where is it? It's in that row right there. And I'm thinking, oh, man. I mean, let's be honest, okay? It's that row where everybody is sitting facing the tire mac. I got to go sit with people I don't know. Flight's delayed, but not that delayed. Don't have time to wait for another table. All right, I'll sit there. Walk up and I sit there. This, this person beside me, this lady, she just, she asked me some question, I don't know. And, I mean, it's kind of hard not to get in people's worlds because the chairs are tight and you're kind of, you know, it's almost like you want to share food or something because it's just right there, you know. She, she said something, you know, and I, I can't remember what we, we, how we started the conversation, but, and I'll be honest, I was tired. Now, I had been griping to God about a Bible study, but I was tired, and so I really didn't want to talk to people at that point being real here okay but conversation started she said what do you do and so I told her what I did and uh, that's always an inter interesting conversation and, and, and so but, but as, as we began to talk and all of a sudden I felt like okay God's in this wow and then it dawns on me I don't even have one of those one hour Bible studies I mean I co-wrote Bible study in a bag. I should have one of those in my bag all the time. But I didn't have that either. I'm like, oh, my word. And she starts asking questions. She said, I'm a part of this denomination. I don't. And then more questions she starts asking. You think, wow. But then I'm thinking, I don't have any paper because all I had was iPad. She, you could see she didn't, I don't think she had a purse. I mean, there's clearly there was nothing to write on. I'm thinking, how do I? How do I teach her a Bible study of substance? I didn't have a business card. I mean, I, you could tell I was really prepared. 
But all of a sudden, I'm, I'm reminded of that little prayer. God, I haven't taught a Bible study in a long time. And all of a sudden, I find myself teaching a Bible study. But I'm thinking, how do I get this across? And so the only thing I could think of was to say, okay, if you want to really get something across to somebody, you, you say it over and over and over and over and over again. So I thought, well, okay. So I started very systematically. Acts 2, 8, 10, and 19. And any time that I could say it, I, I, I kept saying, you know, in Acts 2, in Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 2, 8, 10, 19. I mean, I just kept saying it until she caught on to the point where finally she looked at me and she said, whoa, stop, I get it. Tonight, I'm going to read Acts 2, 8, 10, 19. I'm going to do it. Yes. Because then I said, well, if you'll read that, you're going to find out that there's an experience that is still available to you today that never stopped. It's still available. And you know what? I believe God could do and, and really ch change and help your life. What am I saying? I'm saying if we will intentionally ask for an opportunity, if we'll seek, if we'll ask and we'll knock, God's going to open a door of opportunity for each one of our lives. But we must be intentional about our approach and talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. And include people. Include people in your hobbies. Include people uh, in, in the various things. Socialize first, then invite them to dinner to your home, and then invite them to a church-focused event. And it's people that I knew in the past, past friends, previous church members, backsliders, past co-workers, mail, from mailing list or visitor list. And, and how, do, how do you reach those people? Well, first of all, you got to pray for them. Secondly, you got to reach out and refresh that relationship. I know we live in such a busy, busy culture. I mean, we, we think cell phones and computers have made our lives easier. When are we going to wake up? Because it's a lie. <laughs> it's chaos. We're busier than we've ever been. But yet, we've got to take intentional time. I'm not here today to say you've got to do it every night. But why not make your goal one night a week? One space of even four hours a week where I say, that is my time that I'm going to develop a relationship with somebody that's lost so that I can impact them. Whether it's people I know now, whether it's people I used to know, or perhaps people that I'd like to know in the future. It is amazing how easy it is to pick out people, and if you'll just spend the right moments you it's amazing how you can meet people people that you just like to meet be intentional about it whether it's co-workers neighbors kids friends parents if you've got young kids that is one of the easiest way to connect with people who are lost because 
how better it is to, what, what better opportunity it is to reach people who are, are, are just in situations just like you. Mentally insane. No, mentally unstable would be much more politically correct. Parents of kids. And I say that in jest. But nevertheless, it's an opportunity. How do you reach people? Well, you pray for them. You listen to people. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Ask questions about them. Listen to them. Talk to them. We've got to listen twice as much as we talk. Find out what, where people are. There's tremendous opportunities. Well, now let's, let's go on to reach. We must be committed, and I, I'm well aware of the time, and I'm going to get you out. You know what? If you will give me about 15 more minutes, some are sighing, some are relieved. But I, I want to establish, reach. We must be committed to the belief that teaching, preaching, and obedience to the Word of God will set people free. People's lives can be changed. How many know I've been changed? You've been changed by the power of the Word of God. Psalms 19, 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. If, if we ever hope to see souls saved and converted, it can only be done through the Word of God. And through that Word, the ultimate goal in our lives is to establish and somehow to, to reach people. And the best way to get people a knowledge of the Word of God is through a Bible study. How many has ever taught a Bible study? A Bible study is such an exciting opportunity. And I'm, I'm thrilled that as many people in this room, you have taught Bible studies. I am thrilled at that because the truth is, when you begin to teach the Word of God, how many know it's true that when you taught a Bible study, you learned something? Almost every time I teach a Bible study, I'll be preaching or really teaching a Bible study. And man, I'm feeling the presence of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, some revelation hits me. Wow, I've never read that like that. Securing Bible studies are important. Acts 8, 26-31, we read an incredible account of a spirit-led Bible study. Philip, he, he said this, he said, understand what thou readest. Ethiopian treasure said, uh, or Ethiopian said this. He said, "How can I accept some man should guide me?" Examples of that: the Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts eight, Acts nine, Ananias and Paul, and Acts ten, Peter and Cornelius, and Aquila and Priscilla and Apollos. Those great stories of people. All of the common denominator is this. They had somebody that was hungry and there was somebody else that became a part of the equation that said, I'm going to teach you and give you more clarity as to what the Word of God is in your life. Now, how do you, how do you go through this process? Well, when securing a Bible study, there are some things that you can do and, and really you need to do your part before God does His part. Number one, you've got to assess. We need to know where people are in their walk with God or in, in, in their desire. You don't want to start teaching them about Melchizedek and whether or not he was a theophany. Or even the truth is sometimes we can go into dispensational teachings and all these, and people are going, huh? All I know is my marriage is a wreck. All I know is I don't have peace. 
It's very important that we assess where people are. Then it's important that we offer. We must offer to teach them. Then teach and then love. But let's, let's first of all talk about assess. Find out where people are in their hunger level for the things of God. Are they willing? Are they open to a move of God in their lives? You know, I, I've, I've heard stories, and, and, and I'm thankful for those great stories of people having, you know, somebody that's, oh, I've been working with that person for 25 years. But you know what? In an area this size and this large, if I spend, if I have limited amount of time, and I spend all my time on one individual for 25 years, there will be people that will live and die in that time frame. Oh, I, I may keep somebody kind of on a distant opportunity but I, I think it's vital that we reach into these and say you know there there may be some people that I really need to touch if they're not interested I got to find somebody else that is assess people then we've got to offer let's learn the word of God together Let, let's give us opportunity to connect and build friendship and, and, and then there'll be natural opportunities to secure Bible study including really can I tell you the greatest place to get a Bible study some of you are saying, I, I don't have a Bible study. The greatest place to get a Bible study is right here. Sunday morning, first time visitor. It ought to be almost a free-for-all. Pastor, has anybody teaching a Bible study? Has anybody asked yet? Can, can I? Can, can I develop a relationship with that person? Because, you know what, they're already here. You don't have to invite them to church. They've already shown up. So as, as much of uh, the most effective places to hear Bible study really is at church with guests. Uh, much of the success in Jesus' teaching and disciples was really in their ability to meet people where they were. Jesus connected with James and John in a way that they could understand through the, the illusion of, of their jobs and, and really the, the fishermen. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, it's important when we're looking at Bible studies, we do it the right way. Now, you know what? Let's, we've, okay, I told you 15 minutes, right? So we've still got about 12 of those minutes. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to watch a video about how maybe we shouldn't try to get these Bible studies and teach them. Let's, let's see this video. It's there somewhere. There it is. We have sound. Oh, let's get some sound. Bible study scenarios. We have Marcus, the Bible study teacher, and John, the new believer. You will likely find yourself in one of these situations, so we advise that you take a few notes. Today, John is going to test Marcus's grace and patience. Let's see how it goes. Gracious. Hey, sorry, I just got back from the beach. I hope you don't mind me and my swimmers. John? No shirt, no service. So this is how we did it. On the first day, he created light. On the second okay, day... Okay, I just, I have one question. It's hard, but... Two weeks ago, my, my sweet Graham Graham died. She prayed to the great unicorn in the sky. I just, I need to know, is, is she going to hell? 
Yes, she is. And so we're buried with Christ in baptism for everything wrong that we've ever done. Well, I need to be baptized. Language. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, I'm, I'm glad just to be here hey, for the Bible yeah, study. Likewise, <laughs> I'm excited about... Is there something that matters, sir? Do you smell that? Would you mind lifting your left hand? Well, are you saying the odor's coming from me? It smells like burning. I smell perfectly terrific. Oh, perfectly terrific. I, I took a shower. In I scripture, we talk about baptism. I don't want to rush ahead, but... Let's get it done. I got water. Please. Well, that is one way to handle these things. <laughs> Let's look at some alternatives, shall we? I just got back from the beach. I, I hope you don't mind me and my swimmers. When John showed up to Marcus's house wearing very little, Marcus could have said, No problem, John. I got some stuff inside you can throw on. Come on in. I need to be baptized. There are times when the new believer will slip and let out an unsavory word. How should the Christian behave in moments like this? Well, I wouldn't have put it like that, but yes, sir, you do, man. Yes, sir, you do. Well, John has serious hygiene problems, but should that exclude him from learning about scripture? Hey, welcome. It's good to be here for the Bible hey, study. I'm glad that you made it. I, um... Something the matter? No, no, nothing's the matter. I know it was a long trip for you to get here. Coming in straight from work and riding a bus, I appreciate it. I'm always open to coming to you as well, if you ever need me to. So... Let's jump right into this. We've got some good stuff to cover. I just, I need to know, is, is she going to hell? When John asked Marcus about his sweet Gram Gram's eternal resting place. John, you know, that's, that's a fair question. And it's a complicated question. But here's what the Bible says about that. It says every man, woman, of course, appears before the judgment seat of Christ by themselves. We each have to give an account for ourselves. So at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't have that answer. But what I do know is we can start working today with these scriptures and these things that we're covering to make sure that we're ready and we know where we're going. Make sense? Graham Graham was a nice lady. I know she was. We do hope this resource has been of some use to you. Now, Go out and teach a Bible study. You're going to have some uncomfortable situations. And uh, they're going to ask you questions maybe you don't know the answer to. Or there's going to be difficulties that, um, you know, maybe large dogs that, um, you know, anyway. 
lot of different difficulties. But can I say that when you secure and begin the Bible study, never cancel, and I'm well aware of the time, and I know you are too, but uh, never cancel a Bible study or reschedule unless absolutely necessary. Consistency is everything. It is vital that you may, it's easier to, to consistently do a Bible study than to resurrect a Bible study that has already been, uh, um, that, that has, has been canceled. Encourage the Bible study student to invite family and friends. Um, it's, it, it's a very easy opportunity to develop a really a, a great small group. Uh, con- consider transitional steps in the Bible study. For example, teach relationships and relationship with God before uh, in-depth doctrine. Be careful of rushing to repentance, new birth. Lay a foundation. Some people don't even know whether the Bible is real or not. And so it's vital that we are careful as we begin to project the Word of God. And it's difficult to teach the Bible with when students really don't know what the Bible is or whether or not they believe the Bible is true. Um, if you're teaching with a chart or, or PowerPoint, know your material. If you don't know the material and, and you're pretty much reading it, obviously that will not be something that will uh, be enjoyed by the listener. Uh, be open. Uh, understand you're not the Bible answer man or woman. There's going to be times where people are going to ask you a question you are not sure about. But it's perfectly okay to say, you know what? I'm learning just like you. Let me look into that and get right back to you next week. How's that? And most will say, absolutely, that's fine. Begin each Bible study with prayer. It's important to begin to introduce the concept that prayer is the center focal point. We must and we absolutely, by necessity, have to have an open heart uh, to the Word and to the, the power of God. Consider the time. Don't overstay your time. Don't... You know, I I like to keep a Bible study about an hour or less. In fact, about 50 minutes is really more than enough time uh, because truthfully, you know, that that first Bible study, and I know many of you Bible study teachers have had that great Bible study where, man, it's just flowing. You feel the Holy Ghost. You're excited, and they're asking questions, and then you realize, oh, my goodness, it's been two hours. If you do that consistently, They will begin to say, you know what, I don't have two hours tonight, so I'm just going to cancel that Bible study. But if you hold to that one hour, uh, it it will be a consistent opportunity. They know, hey, he's not going to overstay his welcome. And so that's a tremendous thing just to be consistent as far as your time and aware of your time. Um, It's important if if they're comfortable, have the student read often from the Bible. If they're comfortable, now you need to be careful about that. Some people's reading skills are not strong, uh, and uh, you don't want to embarrass somebody let just say would you like to read this and if they respond yes allow them to do so but be very very careful not to put them in an embarrassing situation really the goal of the Bible study is to educate the student in the word of God Uh, we must be sensitive as to when there is a God moment because many times in a Bible study there will be a moment where the presence of God flows in and it's it's understanding and many times you can see a tear roll down a cheek or a shiver and as they begin to feel the presence of God and and interpret that you know the confused look obviously they're trying to make sense of what you're saying but that tear can represent the move of the spirit of God or, or an acknowledgement of what they feel in the in in what you're saying don't easily be swayed off course it's easy to uh, you know be asked one question 
and sent on a wild goose chase, as we would proverbially say. And, and before you know it, you're talking about other things. And really, just make sure you stay on course and simply say, you know what, I want to answer that. But can I answer that perhaps uh, after we're finished with our time together? Uh, when you close the Bible study, close with prayer. Consider asking for personal prayer requests at the end of each week's Bible study and determine the next Bible study uh, before you leave that night. Then let's talk about love. Love is, is really teaching a Bible study and is just as much about building the relationship and, and that foundation of understanding for the Word of God. Both are vital, but it's very important that we are loving them. Love God, learning the God through this study. Love people, learn uh, to love... Let them learn to love you through the building of your relationship be sensitive to their needs recognize that that individual may have some difficulties in their lives be sensitive you can give biblical counsel after the moment of their need but but teach them that the that really God is the source of of everything that they are in their greatest counsel uh, the spirit of God can do more in one second than we can in a lifetime. And so it's important. Teaching Bible study really is a, a, it's a process. Uh, and, and as we go through that process, many times, it, it, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have difficulties. But in teaching Bible studies, it's absolutely vital to just be consistent and intentional. Say, I don't have a Bible study right now. I, I haven't really connected with anyone lately. I think it's important that we intentionally make a process in our lives where we say, I must teach a Bible study. Now, would you stand with me tonight? I'm going to ask tonight that we, I want us to, we're not really going to have an altar call, but I, I want us to tonight, I want you to, to, to take a moment, we're going to pray two times in just the next moment or two. We're going to spend just a little time in prayer. First of all, I want us to pray. The first thing I want us to do is we, we need to pray that God would lead us. Let, it doesn't have to take, God, send me a Bible study in the next six months. I don't think we need to pray that. I think we need to be intentional. I, I used to say in Orlando, you cannot convince me there's not a thousand people in our vicinity that would be here if they knew who we were. That, you know, and, and so I believe we need to intentionally. So I want us to pray right now, and I want us to ask God to maybe drop a name of somebody we know, we'd like to know, maybe we knew in the past, and then we're going to pray for that individual, okay? But let's, let's first, let's spend a moment right now and being sensitive to the voice of God, and let's sincerely pray. God, Lord, I know that there is tremendous people here in this place. I thank God for apostolic heritage, for the transition and the power of your word in each one of our lives. I thank you for your power and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the infilling of your spirit in our lives and for washing our sins away. But God, we're asking right now that Lord, tonight and the next 24 hours, Lord, you lead us into an opportunity to to get to know someone, to, to be led into the opportunity of introducing, maybe even, we may not start a Bible study tomorrow, but God, for an opportunity that will lead to that. 
opportunity. I pray, Lord, drop in our minds somebody who is hungry for you right now. God, there are thousands of people that we know in this building tonight that we've had relationships with in the past or we'd like to know in the future. I pray, God, that you will lead us and direct us and guide us for your purpose. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for what you're doing right now. I pray that you will bring their face to our minds. I pray that you'll bring their names to our minds. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be intentional. Help us to be open to what you're going to do and accomplish in us. I pray, Lord, that tomorrow as we go about our daily lives, that, Lord, you would put us into position and opportunity, Lord, to to successfully communicate to others about what you have done for us in a powerful way. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I believe while we were praying, some of you were thinking about names. You you come across a name in your mind. Maybe there's some that you haven't. Well, I want us those two groups to pray. First of all, if you have a name in your mind, I want us to begin to pray for that individual right now. If you don't have a name, I want you to pray for the unknown individual that you're going to come in contact with in the next few hours. Would you join with me right now? Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I know that there are people that have seen faces and names in this building tonight that God you've already gone ahead and you've been dealing with in their hearts and in their lives I pray tonight that your presence would begin to prepare their minds and their thoughts I pray that you would direct our conversations Lord that you would direct our opportunities Lord that we could lead them to you that we Lord Jesus would be sensitive to hear the voice of Calvary in our lives that they would be ready ready and willing to allow you to transform and change their hearts and their lives. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would do a miraculous work among them tonight. I pray for those that do not know names, that you they don't know who they're going to reach out. I pray tonight that you will lead them into opportunities tomorrow and tonight. I pray, Lord, that you will open doors that no man can open. I pray divinely appointed opportunities and times in the name of Jesus Christ we believe in your power we believe in the demonstration of your spirit God you are able to seek and to save that which is lost we would not be here if it were not the grace and the mercy that you bestowed upon our own lives and God we pray that you will lead us guide us direct us for your purpose and your will in the name of Jesus Christ we pray In Jesus' name, if you didn't get anything tonight, I hope you walk away with the understanding that we must be intentional. We must develop a process that's repeatable. And every day of our lives, wake up and say, God, how can I do what you've called me to do? And that is to be an ambassador for you. God bless you. In Jesus' name.